Welcome back for this week's Purgatory News. Now, last week, I got a lot of questions about why I was so rushed to finish my reporting. A lot of nosy Nellies asking, where were you off to, and what had you in such a hurry? (laughs) Well, first of all, that's my business. If I wanted everybody knowing my business, I'd be Margot Finch, and I'd be out there telling every person I met to check out my painfully detailed and poorly formatted blog where I report the minutia of every day from mealtimes to petty complaints. That's not me. Sure, I consider myself an open book, but that doesn't mean I'm reading it out loud, if you know what I mean. That being said, I did not have any particular plans last week. I went over to Biscuits to catch up with Dana and have a Reuben. I had been thinking about a Reuben for days, and Dana has the market cornered. It's a sandwich that doesn't get enough love. Sure, maybe you only have two or three a year, but think about how much you enjoy your meal when you do. So if you're heading out to Biscuits this week, I promise you will go home happy if you have a Reuben while you're there. I got it with fries and an iced tea, a perfect trio. Biscuits has those incredible square-cut, crispy-on-the-outside fries and fresh-brewed iced tea with a lemon wedge. And then I headed home to water my plants and get some laundry done because I'm down to mismatch socks. See how excruciating that was? Boring, mundane nonsense. I just wasted your time and mine extolling the virtues of a sandwich and letting you know that I don't throw away my single socks. Next time... Just let your imagination run wild, because I can promise you, whatever you imagine I'm out there doing is ten times more exciting than what I actually did. That's why I always think FOMO is so foolish. FOMO, which means fear of missing out, is one of those human conditions made worse by social media, where suddenly all of your friends look like models and jet-setters. Every photo shows them sipping drinks at a cafe along a river or some foolishness. I guess it's true, in a sense. I mean, you can see the photographic evidence right there in front of you. But you know your friends. You know Beth is not worldly. She has a collection of precious moments figurines. And the last trip she took was a long weekend jaunt to Hoboken to visit her sister, who's an actuary. You know that when Beth took that photo, she was one town over, sitting outside at the Black Crow, in patio seating seldom used because the river it overlooks smells like armpits most of the time and scientists still can't figure out why. You know she had her four children, all between three and seven, in tow, and the only reason they weren't also in the photo is because the oldest was in timeout for smashing gum into the youngest's hair like silly putty, and the two middle kids climbed under the table in search of replacement gum. Beth is having a frustrated waiter snap a quick shot so she can look back later and pretend that she's had a single moment's peace since 2016. Anyway... Starting a few weeks ago, the radio station has been slowly filling up with bees. And for the last show, I came in wearing a t-shirt accidentally covered in maple syrup. The bees were angry. I was angry. It was a whole thing. But on the plus side, on the way out, Carla Hale suggested I might calm them down with a good saging. 
She herself seemed untroubled by the bees, and she said it was because she understands them spiritually. Polly also seemed unaffected, but after the broadcast, he admitted he'd been stung at least 11 times, and he took himself over to emergency services just in case. So, this week, I've got the station good and quiet. I came in here like a Catholic priest with a thurible smoke pouring out from a handy bucket on a string that I made, and the burning sage seems to have really calmed him down. I have a bundle of it still going next to me here. Combine that with the fact that I made sure not to wear anything doused with sugar, and I figure I have at least 30 minutes before nap time is over. You're probably wondering why we haven't had the whole place fumigated, to which I say... Save the bees! We aren't dealing with wasps here or carpenter bees that would happily chow down until the station's nothing but a pile of wires and switches. These are honeybees. Nature's perfect little workers. Slightly less adorable than their bumbling cousin, but more industrious. Pollinators. It makes perfect sense they'd take up residence here in the station. Outside we have bee balm and lavender and yarrow growing wild and free. Practically an apothecary, as Carla said last week before filling up a barrel on the bed of her Tacoma. And what kind of monsters would we be if one of us walked in here and decided to murder an entire hive of bees that are basically doing exactly the same thing as everyone else operating out of the shed? Trespassing. So we got together, pulled some money, and next week we have noted bee behaviorist and relocator Harvey Glint coming in to move the bees outside to an apiary where they can continue to enjoy the overgrowth and we can broadcast without fear of retaliation. Harvey's one of those TikTok bee experts, which means we're going to see him try and move a hive using no gloves and an overabundance of self-confidence and charisma. In case you want to put that on your calendar, he'll be attempting the relocation on Monday sometime between 1 and 3. I'll be here, but I will not be getting out of my car. I suggest you do the same, and if you feel the need for a closer look, you can almost certainly find a video later on his social media, as he seems to post his work regardless of outcome. And trust me, that outcome is variable. Quick congratulations to Marty for taking second place in the Ren Fair archery competition the other week. Marty also sold out of his entire collection of hand-tooled leather wallets and change purses. The entire weekend went off with very few issues and zero serious injuries. In fact, everyone agrees the only downside to the entire weekend was the fact that the porta-potties were inexplicably always wet from top to bottom. And now on to more pressing news. The season has only just begun over at Donut Lake Beach, but already the lifeguard feud that has plagued the beach for years is in full swing. As you know, the beach has long been divided into dedicated splashing and sunning areas on the east side, and more ambitious activities like lap swimming, tire swing tricks, and beach volleyball on the west. Likewise, the lifeguard team has been divided. Green trunks and tank tops for the east side, and red trunks and tanks for the west. Why we need two separate structures in place with lifeguard chairs within 100 feet of each other is something no side has ever been able to make me understand, though both sides adamantly insist that they do. 
It never takes much to set the two sides against each other, and this year, the catalyst was the tire swing. Both sides insisted they were the proper home for the new attraction. The final decision to place the tire swing on the west side was made not only because we all know that as soon as teens get a whiff of something potentially dangerous, they're going to go in literally head first, but also because the west side of the beach has the best tree branch and a steeper slope under the water close to the shore. This should all be a non-starter. Who cares where the swing goes? But of course, the West Guards took enormous pride in it. The East Guards then dragged out last year's rescue numbers. And to be fair, the East Side does have more rescue and first aid needs, primarily because it's the side filled with families and small children. Then, the accusation was made that the East Guard side of the beach is 40% urine, which is crazy. It's all the same beach with only a few floating buoys separating the sides. It's all 40% urine. Things came to a head this weekend when lifeguards on both sides spent so much time giving each other the stink eye that neither one of them noticed the Caro children descend on both sides of the beach en masse. Andy and Jesse Caro have a socially irresponsible eight children with another one on the way. And don't misunderstand me. Under normal circumstances, these children are better than average. They are moderately well-behaved, they are seldom sticky, and they smell fine. I couldn't begin to guess how Andy and Jesse manage it, and I commend them for their hard work while still recommending that once you have enough children to both perform and produce the musical You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, in your backyard, you might look into some sort of method to not also provide the audience. But this weekend, the Caro family van, clown card full of excited preteen and unders, slid open its door at Donut Lake Beach and unleashed a shining wave of children. Children who were understandably excited for a day of lakefront activity and who spread across the length of the sand depending on their individual whims. 45 minutes later, the East and West Guards found themselves responsible for creating a multiple childhood trauma situation. Greg Caro, a nine-year-old with no ability to self-govern, had attempted a series of gradually more dangerous tire swing moves. And with the self-assurance earned through never being reprimanded with a single whistle, he threw his body from the swing in a way that physics would not allow. He hit the ground, knocking out a front tooth and bleeding profusely, as face injuries are wont to do. Meanwhile, Jake Caro, six, had taken his younger sisters, Kendra and Megan's floaties, and had somehow fashioned one as a necklace and one on each arm and ankle. He then had his sisters push him out and was floating with zero control, limbs waving in a slow panic like an upside-down tortoise, deeper and deeper into the water. Where were Andy and Jesse, you might ask? Well, don't. Because Jesse was wrangling both Kendra and Megan, pulling them out of the water and trying to figure out where their floaties went while they did nothing but giggle, while simultaneously carrying a two-year-old Doug who had just discovered the delectable nature of sand. Andy, pregnant with baby number nine, which is 
coincidentally just about the same number of months along she is, was sitting in the shade trying to apply sunscreen to three wiggling caro children while occasionally discreetly vomiting into an empty Cheetos bag in a full flop sweat. Had the lifeguards on duty been properly monitoring their beach areas, the Caro family would not have needed to end their day at emergency services for a child with a falling injury and another one who swallowed a lot of 40% urine. Side note here, both kids are fine. Greg's front tooth was somehow still a baby tooth, practically a miracle for a nine-year-old, or maybe a curse, because he did have to go through several years of elementary school as a kid with a weird, tiny front tooth. But either way, now it's out. And it was later found at the beach and returned to him, much to his delight. He said rather than give it to the tooth fairy, he plans to turn it into a necklace. So I suppose he'll continue to be the weird, tiny tooth kid. Good for you, Greg. Lean into it. As for Jack... He was also given the all-clear, and according to the elementary school buzz, claims he also swallowed a fish. No medical confirmation on that, but I think we can let him weave a little bit of a hero's tale. As for the lifeguards, those on duty have received formal corrections on their records, and we will be talking about some reforms and possible combining of the guard at the next hall meeting to finally end this Capulet and Montague feud once and for all. Speaking of a full flop sweat, let's head over to our man on the scene, Polly Dietz. How's it going out there, Polly? I see London, I see France. The parking lot at Yummies is covered in ants. Yummies ice cream? No other, Davis. I'm out here at Yummy's Ice Cream, and I can't get to the door because, as I have previously mentioned, the parking lot is completely covered in ants. You can't walk around them? There is no around. I've never seen so many ants in my entire life. And you can't walk over them? I'm sorry. I'm not a mass murderer, Davis. No, I can't crunch, crunch, crunch my way across generations of ant families, decimating the population and leaving nothing but grief and terror in my wake so that I can get myself a little treat. Come on. And by the way, Davis... Don't at me. I know decimate means to reduce by 10%, and I have calculated that if I walk straight to yummies and straight back, I would indeed destroy 10% exactly of this ant population. Why are there so many ants in the first place? Well, a few days ago, a good-natured ice cream fight broke out, and this is the aftermath. A good-natured ice cream fight? Sure. You know how it goes. One guy thinks it would be cute to tap his date's hand and get ice cream on their nose, and then they get a little ice cream flicked at them in return, which of course comedically goes off course and lands on some big guy with tattoos and a motorcycle. More ice cream hits unintended targets, and then some feisty teen boy standing near a garbage can yells, FOOD FIGHT! And suddenly, everyone is lobbing scoops and smearing soft serve. It's like World War I, Davis, except Franz Ferdinand was assassinated with some rocky road. Uh-huh. So now we've got ants. And what's the plan with the ants? Well, seems like the current plan is to hope for rain. And will there be rain? Could be. Hope so. Polly, your traffic and weather, you're supposed to know. Well, there's obviously no rain right now, Davis. Will there be rain later? Maybe yes, maybe no. 
I'm a weather reporter, not a witch. Well, what is Yummy's gonna do until the parking lot clears? Are other people using the parking lot despite the ants? Jesus Christ, Davis. What is it with you and killing the ants? I'm not advocating killing the ants. I'm just getting the details, Polly. Yeah, the gory details about how many dead ants there are and if there possibly could be more. The folks at Yummy's have roped off the parking lot and put up a sign that says, Caution, Ants. They are redirecting people to park at the Wiggly and walk down the alleyway as they are conducting business from the rear door. Sorry to thwart your dreams of killing the masses. Then I realized I had to be an Oscar Schindler for ants. I'm not dreaming about... Polly, I was the one who pushed for bee removal here at the station. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't have thought that you were a species racist, but apparently we just hadn't brought up the right species. I'm not. And I think the word is specious, not species racist. You would know, wouldn't you? Polly, we're going to have a talk about this later. Yeah, we are. I'm making a PowerPoint, and you're going to learn about the diversity of our ecosystem, whether you like it or not. I will like it. I love our ecosystem. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Thank you, Polly. I'm looking forward to it. And on to our final announcements. This week, there's a special on fish at the Animal House. All fish, salt, and fresh are half price with the purchase of a tank enrichment item. The parking lot at Yummies is full of ants, so go around it. Okay, you know what? We've covered that one already. This week, there's a special on fish at Shea Cafe. All fish, salt, and fresh are half price with the purchase of a side and a beverage. The concert series at the Big Empty Field is on again this weekend with reggae bluegrass fusion band Mob Barley and all-bluegrass cover band, The Boggy Fountain Boys. Marty said I haven't mentioned it in a while, so for his sake, please rate and review, like and subscribe, stop, drop, and roll, tell your friends, and feel free to email Marty at purgatorynewsonline at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, or news and announcements, you can wave my truck over, drop a note in my porch basket, slip it under the door of the radio shed, or again, send Marty an email at purgatorynewsonline at gmail.com. I cannot stress enough how seriously Marty takes our online footprint. I'm not sure if he's well, but I am sure he calls me about it every single day. Reminding you that I scream, you scream, we all scream. The End this has been Davis Clarence broadcasting out of the abandoned high school radio shed with all your purgatory news, signing off. Oh no, the bees are waking up. This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson. Polly Dietz is played by Michael Coyne. Editing is done by Stevie Dion. <laughs>